You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Here we are on Thursday, February 11th, 2021. I got myself alongside of Sean Davis, and we have some exciting topics to talk to you all about. Sean, wishing he was driving a car right now. Um, welcome in to the show, Sean. Welcome into the show, Warner. Myself, thank you very much, Warner. And uh, let's get right into things. We saw Tom Brady uh, throw a Lombardi trophy on a lake or on, on a river <laughs> yesterday. Wait, really quickly. Um, Cameron Brake said, if I did not catch that, I might have had to retire. I mean, he would have been cut right away. Right away. <laughs> like, uh, no, Scotty like, Miller. No. Oh, I thought it was a fan he threw. So, like, what the, what the Brady? What are you Hey, you know he must have had to been really, really, really hammered on that avocado tequila. He would have thrown that to a fan. Holy crap. Brady might be – if he's the goat at anything, he is for sure the goat at, like, uh, at like Twitter. Like, he – oh, my God. He He's somehow the, the whitest guy on Twitter, but also the coolest guy ever. The, like, you, you have these guys that you're like, yeah, you know what? He would be fun to, fun to party with. And then you have these guys like – yeah, no way. Uh-uh. Not like like Pat McAfee would be a guy. Yeah, he would be fun to hang out with. He would be fun to to you know sit down and, and watch a game with. Right, for sure. Tom for sure. Brady, like maybe, and then boom, win a Super Bowl. Let's go. Right. Crazy. Uh Scotty Miller threw Chris Godwin's phone into the uh into the river. Um, because Chris Godwin was looking at it too much. I don't know. Um, but Chris Godwin asked Verizon to make it hey. I don't know if Verizon actually shipped him a phone, but you know how good of a commercial, like Super Bowl commercial wise, if they would have had a Super Bowl parade commercial and driven like a boat that was just all covered in Verizon logos and everything, and then have like this official ceremony. Chris Godwin, here is your new cell phone presented by Verizon Wireless and our 5G. Like, hey, <laughs> that that could have been great for him. Speaking of Chris Godwin, though, the Bucks have four key players. Um, that are on expiring contracts. So Levante David, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Shaquille Barrett. Um, Shaquille Barrett has had, uh, I forget the exact number, like 37, 30, 40-something. He had, what, 20 and a half last year. And I think he had a good 14 to 17 this year. I should I should know this. But um, Shaq Barrett has developed into, at least production-wise, one of the premier edge rushers in the league. Um, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, obviously top receivers in the league. And then um, Levante David, probably the second best linebacker in the league. Um, so who, who do you think they should uh, pursue? Like in what order? Who's their top priority? Who do you think they can let go? Yeah, um, for me, I think this is a loaded free agents. Uh, like look for their guys. I think you prioritize with the, you, you go with what got you here. And so I'm going to go – I think you can flip off it. Well, I'm going to go Shaq Barrett and then Levante David. And then I guess you can go Godwin, A.B. But you have to get one of each at the bare minimum. You have to get, like, at least Shaq Barrett or Godwin. I mean, Shaq Barrett and Godwin or A.B. back or David and Godwin or A.B. back. Preferably uh, Barrett because edge rushers are just more – valuable and important than linebackers um but 
obviously in Tampa Bay's dream world. I like how you did bring back Leonard Fournette because if I'm Tampa, my priority is getting those four guys back, specifically the top three. AB is it as much of a priority, but um, that's probably how I would rank the four. Yeah, uh, Shaq Barrett's had 27 and a half sacks. He only had eight uh, sacks last year, um, but he came up huge in the playoffs, four sacks in the last two playoff games for the Bucks. three against Green Bay, yeah, one and, against um, uh, the Chiefs. And the big part of him only having eight sacks, I think, is because of the rest of the studs on a D-line, maybe just getting to him first. And um, also, like, and that's why, like, nowadays, sacks are kind of, like, not really even the measurement anymore, like the primary measurement in terms of uh, – evaluating and like looking at a uh, edge rush reduction. Now you're looking at more so of pressures. How many pressures are you getting uh, throughout the season? So cause like, for example, like a guy who's kind of underrated, I did him, I talked about him in my Bengals off season preview, um, Carl Lawson. He had like, I think 10 sacks, like, which is good, but he's not getting the love he deserves because he's in Cincy. But in terms of pressures, he uh he's in the top 10 and it's like sacks created now like you getting the sack you know that can't count how many sacks were uh, how many sacks occurred due to you and he was like in the top six with uh Aaron Donald I think Shaq Barrett was in there JPP so that just want to throw that out there as well yeah, um, another thing, Aaron Donald had, what, 13 sacks this year, I think, 13 and a half maybe. But he, he led the league in pressures. Like he had 105 30. pressures. Right. That, 105 and like, pressures, and, and that's that's just crazy. Yeah. Um, people were complaining that T.J. Watt didn't get it. You know, oh, he had – I think J.J. Watt said he had um, better – he beat him in every every major metric. Well, when Aaron Donald has 20, 25 more pressures than, than you do – I, I kind of would give it to Donald too because he's the more impactful defensive player. Um, whether he gets there or not is kind of besides the point. And no disrespect to TJ Watt, he's a great player. But first off, it's a lot harder to get sacks and pressures from the interior than it is the edge. One and two, unlike TJ Watt, Aaron Donald's getting double, triple teams every game. TJ here, Here's another thing. T.J. Watt also has Bud Dupree, and even if you want to say, oh, he was injured, he wasn't injured for the whole season, he also had Stephon Tewitt and Cam Hayward. I think Stephon Tewitt was second in terms of interior defensive linemen and pressures last year yeah. behind, guess who, Aaron Donald. So um, with that all being said, put that all into consideration. I think uh, Donald deserved the award. Um, but, you know, that's that. I think pretty soon we're going to start seeing this, uh, this, you know, greatness bias where you don't necessarily give – the best we've been seeing it. Well, no, no, but but for Aaron Donald is what I'm saying. Oh. I think he's gonna he's gonna really start not winning defensive player of the year in the next the few years unless he goes off for 22 and a half sacks um or or and beats the record. Um but yeah, with all that being said, I think I think my top priorities, I think you bring back Levante David first, uh, and foremost, because you have Vita Vea, uh JPP and Indominican Sue. Now I think Sue might be a free agent. But um, I think you bring back David first, Shaq Barrett second. Got to keep that defense together. Then Godwin, then Antonio Brown. If you're the Bucks, those receivers, you are deep. You have uh, you have Tyler Johnson, not Tyron Johnson. You have Tyler Scotty Johnson Miller. and Scotty Miller. Um, not to mention your three-headed tight ends. You're getting O.J. Howard back. You're getting Cameron Brake back. You're getting uh, Rob Gronkowski back. So I, I think you, have, you want Godwin back first because he's younger than Antonio Brown and less of a headache, even though, guess what? 
We have not heard anything from Antonio Brown while he's been on the Bucks, which is a whole other feat in itself uh, to the Bucks coaching staffs, uh, to Tom Brady, to the receiver room. Just truly amazing there. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think you've got to you got to get David and Shaq Barrett back as your number one and two, just to just to get just to keep that defense together. That's what won you the championship. Yeah, uh, let's go to feel good. You want to go feel good moment of the day right quick? Let's do it. All right, so this technically happened uh, Sunday on the Super Bowl. So on Super Bowl Sunday, not counting the game that was not really exciting to watch. Um, but on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, it was a streaker who, uh, I guess, jumped the barrier and ran on the field. And I'm going to get to him more specifically, but Kevin Harlan – Hall of Fame, if he's not Hall of Fame, should be Hall of Fame announcer, had the radio call of the game. This is what's hit because the live game on the TV went to commercial. Kevin Harlan had to call the game live on the radio. And here's what um, here's what uh, he had to say. And here's what here's what the call was for Kevin Harlan really quickly. Uh, so they obviously they synced it up to the game footage because he was calling on radio. Yeah. 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants. Take off the bra and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why? Is this taking place in a Super Bowl? Now, really quick, I want to go back right quick. Hold on. What a goat. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. <laughs> if you're going to streak on the my field, you wear no shirt, and you put on some shorts, and you show off those pecs because you are a man. Oh, my God. He said, pull up your uh, – oh, my God. Take off the bra and pull up your pants and be a man. And be a man. <laughs> Everybody wants to call Tom Brady the goat, except for me. I I, I got to give it to Kevin Harlan. Kevin greatest, Harlan, greatest uh, greatest player in, in team sports. Now the man, now the the guy that he was referring to, um, that uh, man, oh man. His name is Yuri Andrade, and he ran on the field, and he explained to an interview with Wild W4.1 that he, the odds on a gambling website, Bobada, offered plus 750 odds, $100 bet paid $750. So he decided to take matters into his own hands. He had one of his friends um, run on as a decoy to, like, distract the security guards, and then he ran on the field and did that, and... To get out of jail, it was, uh, I think, $1,000 bail. Yeah, $1,000 bail. He said, no biggie, because I bet on myself literally at one th- and came away with $370,000. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I don't think that's real. I mean, they're... As now, much it, as I it's real, to it's true. real because uh, the company... 
Bovada that I just mentioned, they uh, stated that they are going uh, into an investigation. Um, and the implication from the statement is Bovada could nullify wagers connected to the premeditated stunt. Which okay, okay. Because I was about to say, there's no way that uh, an illegal bookie or, or a legal bookie would, would say, yeah, sure, I'll take that bet. And then have like, and not have a clause in there saying, but you can't be the guy to do it, which I think is, would just be foolish, honestly, because then you're just giving away $375,000. Um, what, what I'm curious about is, so if they nullify the, uh, the winnings, what happens to his bail money? Because like, he used part of the bail money to get uh, from the... Uh, I mean, I guess he's just got to pay it out of pocket. He just got to give $1,000 back to the guy and he's just down $1,000 and he had a weird experience where Kevin Harlan made fun of him for wearing a bikini or a one-piece swimsuit. Take off the bribe, be a man. Man, oh man, Kevin Harlan, you are a legend for that. What a uh, guy. Want to transition to uh, Idiot of the Day or no, you want to talk about something else right quick? We, we can go Idiot of the Day. All right, Idiot of the Day. Can, uh, you, can we get the soundtrack, Warner? I don't know. Can we? Hold on a second. Steven, by the way, just tweeted out, I think he's going to be a very good head coach with the bar for Brandon Staley. He's honestly still low for the Chargers. Just don't be a blubbering idiot, and we will love, and we will all love you forever. <laughs> that is definitely fact. There we go. We got it. Uh, uh, what about idiot of the day? There we go, idiot of the day. For uh, we got two of them, but one of them is gonna be a, a video or a graphic I'm gonna share. Any other day for uh, February 11th, 2021 goes to the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys <laughs> have been arguably the most, the not the most, the worst well-ran organization in the past. Well, besides the Bengals. Did you say the worst well-ran organization? I, I don't know. One of the worst run, ran, whatever, organizations in the league over the past three decades since they last I think they have two playoff wins in 30 or some years. Actually, three now. Dak won them one a couple years ago. Two or three playoff wins in about 30 years. Yeah, that's Did not. Dak win one? Yeah, Dak won one. He beat Seattle the year. Uh, I think it was the year the Rams went to the Super Bowl because the Rams beat them in the divisional round. Yeah, that was the year. That was the year. Now, I'm glad we brought up Dak. Dak Prescott is the quarterback of America's team, Jerry's World. And he was on the market. He's on the market. He should. He got franchise tag last year, and honestly, uh, they should have paid him. But they franchise tagged him. Fine, whatever. It's okay. I don't care. They franchise tag Dak Prescott. I'm still getting thirty plus million dollars a year. Still get paid thirty plus million dollars. Think it, when you're when you're franchise tag, correct me if I'm wrong. It's all guaranteed, right? I believe so, and I also think it, it increments up based on your previous salary. Yeah. Uh, or yes. there's position by position franchise. So like. A tight end you could tag for about ten million. A quarterback it would cost I think thirty three, is what Dak's first tag was, and it just keeps going up as a salary cap, and then it goes up I think ten percent every year. Um, after that, you get franchise tag. Yeah. And then when the Cowboys were stinking up the joint, 
by not playing hard and, you know, basically leaving Andy Dalton to die. Hello, Washington. Remember that game? Uh, Steven Jones and Jerry Jones both said Dak Prescott is our quarterback. He's our quarterback for the future. And Dak Prescott, this is Jerry Jones' words I'm about to say now. Dak Prescott is, he holds all the leverage to be our future quarterback due to our losing. Practically what he said. Now, Dallas Cowboys tweeted out a uh, promotional video after the Super Bowl. Tweet out a uh, promotional video to hype the, your fans up for next year. Hey, first of all, I'm going to say the Cowboys are already idiots that are always too hyped. So they, they don't need to hype their fans up. Well, yeah, let's go. America's team. We're going to win the Super Bowl next Super Bowl. year. Super Bowl or bust this year. Yeah, ninety million dollars to see. Zeke's coming back. He's not going to fumble twice a game now. Yeah. Now, let's yeah, let, we got Jack. Let's Wait. go check. Let's go check out their promotional video. Not a bad video, by the way. Let's go check it out. A team built on tradition. That tradition laced tenacity in our fibers. That means ignore the critics, embrace the love. But most importantly, in order to win, we have to work. Let's go. First of all, I don't like how they cut off the beat. Like they could yeah, figure yeah, it out yeah. like our intro. They just did a hard cut, which I didn't like very much. Didn't appreciate that, Jerry Jones. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like. Even it though feels I like... highly doubt that you had the uh, creative license and artistic artistic expertise to make this said video. Yeah, but... like, like it felt like the uh, like there was more of the beat left. Like, like there, like it was right. supposed to continue in some. Jerry point. Jones could have just got on GarageBand and started clicking buttons and said, "Oh, that sounds pretty cool." Right. Can we get some videos? Hey, hey, uh, hey, what do you? <laughs> What do you guys use nowadays? It's dope. This is dope, Manny. No, no, Jerry, that's that that's a drug. Oh, uh, this is cracking. No, that Jerry, that's your drug. Still a drug. But this uh, is the other day because of this reason. Dak Prescott's your quarterback of the future. Now, really quickly, let's go check out another uh a, another example of a promotional video. This is what a promotional video is supposed to look like when you claim when you claim that you are uh that your quarterback is a part of your a part of your future that quarterback that said quarterback needs to be a part of your featured video now let's go check out what a proper promotional video for 2021 Real you better show you better show a Chargers promotional video. No, why would I do that? Psych. And this is taking nothing away from a brilliant performance by the Bucks. Ha! If you're a Charger fan, you just got really excited. What a catch! It's Keenan Allen Bosa. Watch this. Yes, sir. 
That is the most emotional. So I really liked how they kind of finished the beat at the end. They, they kind of faded it out. They had an end. But I also really like how when Derwin James popped up on the screen, back at it. Like, yeah, you haven't been back at it for two seasons. It's about time you're back at it. Now, don't get hurt in the preseason, please. Like, that's how you do it. The quarterback you say is the future of your team, you put him and you feature him. You feature him in the video. And Dak Prescott was not – there was no even mention of him in the video. And actually, really quickly, let's talk about my Chargers uh, promotional video. I like how they have, like, our interceptions from our defense. Um, all the interceptions in the video, which is like three, are all the interceptions we have this year. We don't get turnovers. Did you guys only have three picks this season? I mean, it wasn't literally like three picks, but we're, we're, we were like in the bottom of um, of uh, turnover created. So, any other day, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my gosh. Horner, reaction right quick. I, I will say um, it's it's weird because Casey Hayward has been a ball hawk for, for a little while. He's had, some, he's had some years where he has five, six, seven INTs. Um, but I, I just want to, I just want to share something real quick. Um, or on top of that, just want to share something. So, uh, yeah. What, what do you want to share? Second. Yeah, I'm also like, uh, yeah, you want to share something, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not good at this thing, but it's okay. Yeah, that, that's obvious. Well, Warner's taking forever to find what he's looking for. I guess now is a good time to talk about our our uh, sponsor for today's episode. We are partnering up with the NBA Store. Today's episode is brought to you by the NBA Store. A new season brings up the start of a new year, brings up the start of a new NBA season. Suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena unless you're in Atlanta, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch in style with the all-star game, unfortunately, still coming up in a couple of weeks. Now would be the perfect time to get some gear of your favorite team. Uh, go ahead over crap. We are teaming up with the NBA and Podgo to bring our listeners up to 75% off on select items. Yes, you heard that right. 75% off on select items. Go to podgo.co slash NBA for up to 75% off select items from the NBA store. This is the NBA where amazing things happen. All right, let's get back to the episode. Warner, you have something to share right quick, then we'll end the episode on headline five. And part two later on for the podcast, people, we'll be joined by Derek Hearn, uh, writer covering the Philadelphia 76ers. Y'all, I'm hyped for that. Exciting season for the Sixers, but guess who else is an exciting season for the Lakers. You're not sharing your sound. Got him. Let's suffice it to say that Little Wayne dropped a new green and yellow, and go pack go. Nah, a little overrated in my opinion. Don't worry, I only played the first like thirty seconds of the two minute and twenty second song. 
But um, hey, when you want a promotional video, get somebody who's established. Also, those were some great, those were some great rhymes he was putting together. Mm. They weren't fast, but they were smooth. They were oh, definitely yeah. smooth. I yeah, liked it. Yeah. Not even a little wing guy, but I am a Packers guy. Mm. Are you? It's all you. Headline five. Oh, my, my apologies. All right, headline five. I'm telling you, we need uh, a soundtrack for that. All right, let's go to headline five. Russell Wilson, two reporters on Tuesday, whatever day this is now, he said, I love playing for Seattle. I've loved it for years. Loved it for years. I think that's a little, uh, uh, what's the word, cryptic. Uh, you just never want to get hit. I've been sacked almost 400 times. We've got to get better. I've got to get better. I'm just frustrated with getting hit too much. Really quickly for you, give your thoughts on it. The Seahawks have, they've ranked since 2015, 30th, 32nd, 26th, 26th, 15th, 26th, and 31st, and money spent on the offensive line via over the cap. And he has been sacked 100 more times than any other quarterback since he entered the league in 2012. Warner, what are your immediate reactions to that? I mean, really? I get you've been hit uh, 441 times, but you've been hit, what, 441 times in about 10 seasons. Have some sympathy for your running backs and wide receivers or offensive line. They're getting hit every single play, every single day. If you want to get hit, 50 times. I know that's not a great stance to be on, but I get it. Nobody wants to get hit, but that's part of football. And and you're one of the best in the game. And yeah, and you're telling them to suck it up. Suck it up. Suck it up. No, but um, but I I understand his point. I also think it is kind of interesting how he said, you know, I love present tense playing in Seattle. I've loved past tense it, it for years. Right, I've loved uh, like right, right. That's why I brought that up. I was like, I've I loved wouldn't it make it a big deal though, because if he would have had the first one as past tense, where he said, "I loved," in past tense instead of "I love," playing for Seattle, I think that could have been a message. But um, I, I think I, I think he'll be all right. I think we're gonna see Russell Wilson in a Seahawks uniform, in one of those great, uh, bright green Seahawks uniforms, uh, in front of the 12th man throwing deep balls to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett um, in 2021. Yeah. Um, one more thing I'll add on that. I part half of the, not half literally, but a good portion of those sacks are his fall from try, trying to uh, improv on the plays instead of like playing, playing within a little bit. Let Russ Cook mantra is Hey, Russ, you're going to get hit if you could. Like, it's just going to happen because it's the type of player you are. You like to extend plays. You like to make those explosive plays, run the ball. Listen, you're going to get hit if you're doing that. And and so you either choose, like, listen, do I want to run Pete Carroll's 90s offense with quick passes, occasional deep shots, and running the ball most of the time? Or do I want um, do I want the let Russ cook offense where I can just make plays out of nothing? Um, you know, I have a pretty good schemed up play. But maybe I don't like it. Maybe I don't like it. Maybe I want more yards on this play. Maybe I want to score on this play. So I'm going to extend it, throw one up to DK Metcalf, throw one to Tyler Lockett on the move, and, and score. But most likely, when you're throwing that ball up to Metcalf or Lockett, you're going to get hit after you throw it. That's just my take on it. Yeah.
Uh, we kind of talked about this the other day, really briefly. <laughs> you and Warren uh, responded to this. I didn't even see that. Um, but per Jason Law, uh, Confora, hearing multiple teams interested in Ravens Pro Bowl offensive tackle, I think right tackle, but he wants to play left tackle now, uh, who has permission to seek a trade based on the level of entrance. Good, good chance a trade that makes sense for all parties come together. Browns have a strong relationship with the Ravens who will want value for him. I don't want to go too much in depth on this because we got, kind of already talked about this the other day. But I, uh, I want to address Warren's tweet further. I, I wanna, hold on, hold on. I want to address Warren's tweet a little further. Um, the Ravens are if they did trade for Brown and they got Chase at five, that would be great. But if I had a choice, I'm trading back. If I get Orlando Brown, uh, if I don't get Orlando, it, it's it's awkward if you have Jonah Williams or Orlando Brown you just traded for, and Penny Sewell. So that's that's my only thing to him. Yeah, um, it's looking like the sportscaster stream. I have a little bit of difficulty there, um, but anyway, I'm just gonna... pretty sure it just crashed. That's nice. Um, it's always sportscaster. <laughs> it feels like. Um, let's go on in. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a great point you made there, Warner. Um, LeBron. Uh, uh, um, all right, this is a little bit of a fun one. MLB, uh, their Twitter page posted this tweet saying, which lineup duo are you taking? Uh, some really great duos on here. Uh, you got Ronald Acuna Jr., Freddie Freeman, my guys, Bellinger and uh, Mookie Betts, uh, uh, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Matt Chapman and Olsen in uh, Oakland, uh, Juan Soto, Trey Turner in Washington, uh, Couple of new ones or newer ones. So, Warner, which um, duo, which lineup duo are you taking? I, this is a pretty easy one for me. Um, yeah, Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger are great. Yeah, Freddie Freeman and Acuna are both MVPs. But you, you got to take Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout if you, if. if you, me. Anthony Rendon's probably the best third baseman in the league. Mike Trout. You hear me? Yeah, yeah, I think you're back. I think you're back. Okay. Um, Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout, 100%. Um, you have the best outfielder in the league. You have probably the best third baseman in the league. I, I don't think it's close. I, I think you definitely have to take those two guys. Yeah. Um... Call me biased. I'm game Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. Call me biased if you want to. I don't care. You're biased. <laughs> That's biased. All right. Uh, granted, well, hey, I mean, we did just win the World Series. And did just. Hey, I'm uh, taking prime Joey Votto and prime Brandon Phillips. Huh? Prime all Joey right. Votto, prime Brandon Phillips there. Uh, yeah, all right. Just Johnny Bench. This was, we're going to end on two basketball ones. This one's a little controversial. Um, Steve Kerr, I think this is more like just paying respect. This is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. I have I have a lot of respect for Steve Kerr, but come on now. Steve Kerr said, via Tom Osborne, who is a uh, writer um, for 35 years at San Antonio Express News covering um, the Cowboys and the Spurs. He's 
uh, apparently a proud alum of San Antonio College. And Steve Kerr tells Tom that DeMar DeRozan has had an amazing career. Um, DeMar DeRozan's had an amazing career. I think he will end up for a Hall of Fame consideration when all said is done. I know that I know the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame is easy as heck to get into, but this is kind of, uh, I don't know about this. Warner? Yeah, I'm not an expert on the Basketball Hall of Fame, but um, he has had a really good career. I think it'll hurt him that he doesn't have any championships, but or again, really championships are team success. Team success. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Um, although they are less so team success in the NBA because one player – uh, we see it in LeBron. We see it in Steph Curry. Uh, we see it even a little bit in Giannis. Uh, one player can really, at least in the regular season, we do, we do, at least in the regular season, um, lead a team to a really, really good record if they're dominant. So I, I think he has been a really, really good player. I'm not sure I would say Hall of Fame, though. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. Like, if you're a Hall of Fame player, you, to me, you have to have at least one or two, probably even three years, Preferably in a row where you're like top 10 player in a league or best player in your position. DeMar DeRozan has never been that. So that'll wrap up part one of today's episode. We'll be joined with Derek Hearn for part two. Again, today's sponsor is uh, NBAstore.com. Go to Pago slash NBA for more. For Sean Davis, that's Warner Sanker. We'll be back for part two later on. Today's episode of Sports Headlines is presented by Podgo. What's Podgo? Well, Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. So you're telling me that if I include an ad from Podgo, they're going to tell me up front how much I'll make? Of course. If you apply today, actually, to become a member, you'll be immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Really? So it'll be specified for my show and my type of podcast? Yeah, so all you have to do is go to podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot co, C-O. And when you apply, make sure you add our podcast, Sports Headlines, and the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right, I'll do that as soon as I can. Yep, again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Let's get back to today's episode. You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. What is going on? We are live for part two of today's episode. Scott Davis and Warren Baker will be joined at approximately seven minutes or so with Derek Hearn, writer, covering Philadelphia 76ers. Again, let's welcome in Warner Sanker to our virtual studios. What's up, Warner? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am feeling good. Had a little break. Uh, had a sandwich between between uh, episodes. Always but good. I am, I am ready and a little bit cold, so let's do this. Yeah. Um, really quickly to kind of fill over the time, I just want to say um, <laughs> uh, we were talking about coaches yesterday, and uh, I was talking to my dad earlier 
about quarterbacks because, you know, earlier on today's show, we talked about uh, the Russell Wilson situation, Seattle, the Dak nonsense in Dallas. And, you know, me and my dad, we were talking about Dak as a quarterback out there just disrespecting Dak. He's going to get paid a, a whole bunch of money, which is true. And then, to be honest, somehow we started talking about um, – uh, somehow we started talking about like quarterbacks and like ranking quarterbacks. And this was his like top eight or so. He said tier one, like the elite quarterbacks, uh, which which is accurate. Uh, Want everything good? I'm good. All right. He had uh, Mahomes, um, Mahomes, Rogers, Russ, Watson, Watson. That's good. Okay. Right. Well, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. Then we started getting a little questionable. Uh, five and six, Brady Allen. I'm like, uh-huh. Mm. Brady had it, Allen. Uh, I, I was still, I was still like, okay, that's fine, I guess. Seven, and then I, I, I don't know. I'd rather have Josh Allen. I, I just yeah, yeah. You're like, so much more offensively with Josh Allen than you can Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, and then seven, Kyler. I think eight was Matt Stafford, and then number nine. He had Dak Prescott as the number nine quarterback. Where's Joe Burrow? In the I know that, and I was like, um, I'm sorry, and uh, I'm taking uh, I'm taking Burrow, Baker. I, I'd even take Lamar Jackson over Dak Prescott at this point. Uh, Burrow, I'm a, I'm a quote Lamar Jackson hater. So <laughs> Baker, well, if you say anything negative ever in the history of badness about Lamar. you know Lamar just uh you know he threw the ball a little too high for his receiver hey you're just hating hey, you're just a hater you're, you're just hating hater. you know if if that wasn't Willie Sneed if that was Calvin Johnson he would have caught it well, right yeah, that, if that, if that was Johnson, great, he would have caught it if that was the greatest receiver in his Cal- generation Calvin Johnson's six inches that. taller than Willie Sneed if, if it's a little bit overthrown then yeah six inches is going to be able to do a lot <laughs> oh, man oh man like and I brought up how he got a he got a pull to Warren just a, le- a lesser degree. I was like, okay, what are the what are the three most he's a quarterback? What are the three most important traits for a quarterback to have? He said protecting the football. I was like, okay. Uh, said uh, accuracy with the football. Okay, and then he said pocket sense and like having a good pocket. I, I think yeah, pocket presence, accuracy. Out of those four quarterbacks. Let's let's go one by one. So what, what was the first one I said? I always forget. The first one was uh turn turnovers, yeah, right? Turn, not turning the football over. I'd say they're all about the same. They all they're all pretty decent at turning the ball and not turning the ball. I said they're I all think the Burrow's same. the best. I think Burrow's the best at not turning the ball over. Um okay. I think he has the best, he has the best processor and he's the best decision maker out of everybody. So I'm I'm just going one by one. I'm going one by one. So I said they're I said they're about Tied with the turnovers. There's not a huge notable difference. Right, right. It's not like Tom Brady and Jameis Winston. Right. Uh, Wait, what's the second one? Was it uh, accuracy with the football? I said Dak is the – out of those four, he's the lowest of the four. No, no, no. no. Lamar's Lamar's less accurate than Dak is. No, the four were Herbert, Herbert, um, Baker, Burrow, Dak. Okay, okay. I thought thought Lamar was in there too. Oh, no. We both acknowledge Lamar's outside the top ten. Uh, okay. And I said, Dak is the bottom of the four. He even met Baker's, and I said earlier, pre- previous to that, I said Baker has a better arm, right? 
And it's like, ah, he's more accurate the ball. He has a better arm, and he's more accurate the football. Um, he, he's the ball. I, I, I think their arm's about the same. Arm strength, I think that's probably about the same. And Here's then, the one, give it to Baker. And then pocket sense, he easily has the worst pocket sense. Oh, my God. Sometimes he'll just he'll literally step into the into the into the pressure. Like what the heck, Dak? And then if you want, and then you want to throw in one more category, processor, he's probably third. And that's only because Herbert is raw still. He's he's still a little raw. He has some rawness in him. I think processor relates to not turning the football over. To to not turn the football over, you have to have a good processor in terms of going through your reads, but to, uh, but you also have to have good decision making in terms of listen, here's the first read. I went through it. He's covered. Here's the second read. There we go. I don't just throw it to my second read after the first read's covered. I look and see, is he covered? Okay, he's covered through the third read. Or am I running out of time? Pocket sense. There, there, there was a little spat in there as well where we were talking about, like, for some idiotic reason, Ryan Tannehill and Burr. I was like, no, stop. <laughs> hey, hey, to be fair, Ryan Tannehill's probably slightly better at running the football. <laughs> I'll say that. Like, but, seriously, uh, like, Tannehill's in, in the most quarterback-friendly you know, thing. Here, here's, a, here's another thing. With Adam Gase, when Ryan Tannehill was a quarterback, he was never really running the football. It was a lot of him throwing, which I think is just another indictment against Adam Gase. If, if you know, he, he's what? There's rumors about him going to be the quarterback coach uh, for New England. Don't think that'll help New England at all. But let's just say some of the greatest quarterbacks of all times have led to the worst coaches of all time. Uh, great quarterbacks get bad people jobs. Yeah. Or keep jobs for bad people. We look at Peyton Manning, Adam Gase, Matt Nagy. He, he, he's going to get a job for the rest of his life because people are, people are going to have this, like, little thaw in their head. He, even though every other quarterback he's worked with, in any sense right, of the word. Every other quarterback he's ever worked with, with sucks. And, and um, I'm pretty sure he worked with Peyton in Denver, right? So that means he wasn't even working with, like, moldable Peyton Manning, like where you actually need an offensive mind to mold a quarterback in the first few years. Right. So that's, <laughs> I mean, you look at, you look at um, Aaron Rodgers with Mike McCarthy and Dom Capers sticking around way too long. Um, there's, oh man, these, these great quarterbacks. And t- <sighs> it's really unfortunate, honestly, for those, for those uh, quarterbacks. Yeah. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, Writer, um, writer uh, covering the Philadelphia 76ers, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think he had his camera out last time, so nice meeting you, Derek. Ladies and gentlemen, Derek Hearn. How's it going, guys? How's it going? Uh, so, well, for Warner Day clap, this was supposed to be a Pat Mack. I clapped. I clapped. I just clapped on the table. No, you didn't. <laughs> um, but anyway, first off, how, how's it going, man? Nice to have you back on. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, it's been a I while. See, I see the pull-up bar in the background. Got to respect it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my roommate for that one. Yeah, you got Jim Freak uh, up there right next to me. But um, let's just dive right into it here. So obviously, it's a, di- a little bit of a disappointing ending to last season. Um, you guys go out fire Mike, not Mike. I'm about to say Mike D'Antoni. Ah, crap. Uh, you guys fire Brett Brown. <laughs> wrong team. You guys fire Brett Brown. Bring in Doc Rivers. I kind of mentioned in the preseason, I thought you have a big impact. Do you, are you seeing that same thing right now? Like how big of a difference has he meant for this team this year? Yeah, Doc, uh, that was definitely the right man for the job. I mean, uh, he's 25 and 18 right now. Uh, I mean, 
you would have, I mean, a lot has happened since like the last time uh, we spoke. So it's, it's like watching a completely different team. It feels like almost two years went by, but really with like a truncated off season and hiring Doc and getting Maury, Daryl Maury in here. I mean, it's really been solid. So I think, I mean, it's, it's really been like a, like a group effort. Honestly, I mean, Doc's been great, but I mean, you got to credit Maury for some of the movie moves he's made. And uh, I mean, the players are just playing up to their potential finally. So it's, it's great to see. Yeah. One of those guys I think hasn't, or at least maybe I just had a little higher expectations going to your Ben Simmons. What are your thoughts on him so far this year? I've kind of been like a little man and B's been great. Seth Curry, I think it's, on track to be the first player ever. She like, I think he tweeted out yesterday. Uh, she like 50 from the field, 50% from three and 100% from the line. So that shows you the better uh, Curry brother. Um, but um, what are your thoughts on Ben Simmons so far this year? Am I, were my expectations just too high? Uh, I mean, he's, you don't see a lot of improvement, but like he's, he's basically been the same player. Uh, I think it's, like it's it's a lot of the same things that he's done since he's coming to the league um but it really works now because you finally have good shooting around him and you have a reliable shooting with especially in the backcourt which they've needed for the past three years probably even longer than that but uh it's it's great to see like he has maybe one to four guys in one lineup that he can go to um and that's really all he's needed to be a great player. Um, I mean, I don't think you're really going to see much, like much more out of him, at least this year. I think the role he's playing, I think he's doing it fine. And uh, he should keep, like, keep doing it that way. And, I mean, that, uh, that lineup of him, uh, Curry, Danny Green, uh, Tobias, and uh, Embiid, that's still undefeated this year. So, I mean, there's not a lot you can really argue with with Simmons right now. He's kind of just – he's playing his role pretty well. Warner? He's also shooting 16% from three, so that's better than better <laughs> than previous. Um, I'm, I'm always dogging Ben Simmons whenever we talk Ben Simmons. But, um, yeah, he I, – I, I think we – Sean and I noted um, in previous episodes, really for the last few years, um, ben Simmons hasn't shown much development at the next level in the NBA. He's always been sort of like, uh, uh, you know, 16 to 19 point guy, um, about eight to 10, eight to 11 rebounds, eight to 11 assists. And that's just what he is right now. He's averaging, I think 13 and a half, 13.2, um, eight rebounds and eight assists. So that's the type of player he is. But if you have Joel and B like basically getting 25 and 17 a night, um, he, right now he's at officially 11 rebounds uh, per game. But if, if he's getting 25 and 17, 30 and 11, whatever you want to say, if he's being dominant like that, they don't really need Ben Simmons to score 22 and um, have, you know, be a 22, eight and eight guy because they have other guys who can pick up the slack scoring wise um, with Embiid commanding more, more guys, uh, more players, more defenders, more defensive attention. Um, when he's on the floor, that frees up guys like Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, who's averaging 14 points a game, uh, Seth Curry, Danny Green, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think it's it's a very well-formed team. It's kind of like the Warriors teams of the past, um, before KD, before KD, when they were a, really a team, team, team. 
Um, they had you know, team, Curry. team, team, team. They had they, no, but they were like a very fluid team, a team that was unselfish, knew their role, knew what they had to do, played good defense, uh, played good offense, was good. In, they were just good all around. They they were very team. Like they played as a team. I'm like, I'm saying team. team so many times, but, <laughs> but they, they, they weren't playing like backyard basketball. You were one guy would go ISO for, for 15 seconds. He wouldn't get a shot. So he would reluctantly pass it to another guy who would go ISO. But, but there, there's like, they're, they're, they were playing together. That's the sense I'm getting from the, um, from the Sixers as a, as a, one more time, team. A team, yeah. team, team, team. Um, Okay, that's a good point. Another really quickly before I go on here, Tobias Harris. Another thing I said, not to give again Doc too much credit, but when Doc came out, I was like, okay, Tobias Harris is going to start looking a little bit more like Tobias Harris in uh, LA. I think he's averaging 20 points per game this year. Um, 27, uh, seven and a half rebounds and three assists. Yeah, he's shooting an efficient rate. Um, now one of the guys that yeah, he's shooting, uh, he's shooting 51% from the field, 44% from the three point rank, uh, mark right now. So he's been spectacular so far. Um, one of the guys that you got, uh, you all were in the midst for trade rumors for, uh, towards the start of the season was James Harden, uh, because of the Daryl Moore connection, obviously first. Would you have liked to see James Harden in a Sixers uniform? And two, what do you think that would have looked like? Because they're first saying Ben Simmons, but you're like, eh, they have John Wall in Houston already, so that doesn't really make too much sense. What would you have thought it would have been? Uh, I mean, that whole day um, when that trade was about to happen, I mean, it was – it literally – like, it took all day for that, like, pretty much all morning and – into the late afternoon for that to actually go through. And leading up to that, it was pretty much 85%. You could tell the, the Nets were going to get him just because of the, the connection to uh, KD and Kyrie. And also they had the best trade package to offer. So um, if that's the best. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. There was only like a brief moment that whole day. I thought it was possible that he could, that the Sixers would do something, but once I saw all the offers, I knew neither side was going to want to make the deal in the end. Um, Cause I believe like they, I believe they offered, I know Simmons was in both deal, both offers. Um, so you're telling us live on air that they did not want Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they, I don't think, I don't think they did, but I also think the, the Sixers were kind of reluctant to give them up um, just for, for Harden because you saw like you've seen obviously it's evident the uh the chemistry's been fantastic this year I mean that's something I don't think they wanted to part with um Tyrese Maxey like he's been great he's been like one of their best late round picks uh ever so I mean at least so far and now he's back to playing about five minutes a game which honestly that's not a, a really it's not a bad thing because they'll always have him as because people know his value now they'll always have him in the future if they ever have an injury to Simmons or if they ever have uh, one of the other guards like Curry missed time recently or like Danny Green they'll be able to plug him right in there and they already know what they're getting out of him so I think uh, and then Thibault 
Matisse Thibault was given some pretty good minutes this year. Um, so I think in the end, I think Harden to the Sixers would have been bad for everybody. I, like it didn't really make sense that whole day. I just think he would have been, I mean, the Sixers right now, they're winning games because they're not playing the ISO ball. You see the Nets, like their efficiency on offense is one of the best in the league since that trade. But their defense, all those defenders they gave up, like Jared Allen and Lavert was yeah. was a stud for them for <clears throat> a few years. I mean, I think in the end, the Harden deal would have honestly ruined this whole run by the Sixers. Kind of like it's ruining the Nets as it looks. Uh, I think yeah. the Nets will figure it out. Um, I, I wanted to, to ask you um, a question. What do you, what do you think the effect of Dwight Howard as sort of a relief man for uh, Joel Embiid, what do you think his maximum effect could be? We saw him uh, play some good minutes and some really bad minutes for the Lakers last year in their championship run. If the Sixers want to make a run at uh, at least the NBA finals, how big of a role do you think he'll have to play? Um, I, I mean, pretty, he's going to have to be pretty solid off the bench. I mean, uh, I think he's been, he's definitely filled the void of what they've, uh, they've needed for years. And that's like a, a quality backup big man. Who's, who's been in this playoff situation. Who's been in finals situations. Uh, I mean, somebody to come off and relieve Embiid. I mean, he's uh, he was definitely a nice little signing in the off season. Um, but I think against teams who play the small ball style, um, I think they can use that to their advantage a little bit. Um, and the Sixers, I mean, they could probably maybe go a little smaller against certain teams. But um, I don't know. It's, it's really going to depend on matchups, like what kind of impact he ends up having later in the season and in the postseason. But, I mean, so far, I think you got to be pretty happy with what he's, he's provided. I mean, he, um, pretty much every time he's, he's out there for a full game, he's getting <clears throat> close to seven or eight rebounds, some around that range. And, uh, um, I mean, he's, he's a nice rim protector as well. Like even in his later, the later years of uh, his career, but yeah, I think he'll be he'll be huge down the stretch. Yeah. Um, now let's go on and talk. So the guy I mentioned earlier, uh, superstar player number twenty-one, Joel Embiid. By the way, I, I know more than anybody, at least a part of our crew, how good he's been playing because he's on my fantasy team. So shout out to me. He's been spectacular for me um but the hashtag i, I kind of made that up hashtag joel for mvp um we've seen some uh joel for mvp talk being thrown around there do you where is he ranked for you in your mvp list you can be as biased as possible trust me i do it a lot and um yeah let's just start there I, yeah uh I mean, definitely, he's my MVP right now, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, every time he's out there, he's getting over 30 points. Um, he's, he's coming to clutch for them in uh, big games. Like, I know, uh, like, a couple weeks ago, they had, um, they had a huge win against the Nets, and he was 
pretty much the sole reason for it. Aside from Tobias hitting um, that buzzer beating uh, jumper at the end of the game. But um, yeah, Embiid, he's just, he's a totally different player this year. Like he's, he's just, he's finally the player they need him to be. Uh, his maturity is completely different now. Um, he's, uh, I mean, he seems to be taking care of his body a lot, a lot better than he has in the previous years. He looks like he's in the greatest shape, like he's been in, like since being in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, right now, I don't think, I think it's pretty much between him, uh, Nikola Jokic, and uh, LeBron right now. The GOAT got you. Yeah. Really- the, I will say one thing. Uh, I mean, he's never played over 65 games in a season since he's been in the league. Yeah. That, that, yeah. All these risk games that they kind of slip in there, it really might affect his MVP, his MVP stock. And um, that's really the only thing I'm worried about. I mean, because LeBron, he's, uh, I don't even know if, on one hand how many games he's missed this year. He's really pushing through it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. Um, so I want to show you. I guess this is like the NB ESPN. So not that they really uh, matter. Anyway, yeah. yeah. I don't even know why I'm referencing that. But anyway, they did an NBA MVP. I guess straw poll, and this was like the total like points added up. So like LeBron number one, the MVP voting. And uh, MB number two, Jokic. How, how do they do this? Did they just put a bunch of straws with a bunch of names on them and then pulled out some of them? Like, <laughs> just grabbed handful. But like, like the name. The, the name of this sounds kind of stupid. It, yeah, like come on now, like a straw. You got the is, NBA MVP projection poll or something. Right. Um. Well, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Is there anybody you think are is too high, too low, or what are you guys' thoughts? Uh, I mean, that, that looks about right to me. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know either how they how they really calculate this, but um, based on just, uh, I don't know, just based on what I'm seeing here, it does look pretty accurate. Um, I mean, Jokic, he's been, he's quietly uh, been outstanding this year. I mean, and he doesn't. He hasn't really missed many games, so he's definitely up there. Um, KD, if he stays healthy, he's going to make a late push, I think. And Kawhi's had a great uh, season so far as well. Um, but, yeah, that looks pretty good as of now. I can definitely see that changing. Yeah, uh, for me, really quickly, the Warner can go. The one guy I think is too low, obviously the top three is great with LeBron finally getting his respect. Um Ball series hey, is not. There's no way he's going to get it. You, you and I both know that he's not going to get it, even even if, you know, he's having the best season. That I didn't need that right now. But um, anyway, uh, one guy, my MVP pick going into the season was either Steph or Luca, and Luca I can see being that low. They haven't really played well at all this season. But Steph below Giannis, below Kawhi, I can kind of see that. But I'll still put Steph above Kawhi as well um what Steph has had to do single-handedly for that Warriors team we're kind of seeing 2016 Steph but without Clay so it's kind of amplified a little bit it seems like every night he's just going 
berserk every single night. Hey, that lip he had where he was going to do a jump pass to the corner, but then stopped it and kind of threw it over. That was crazy. But, um, yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. I think Steph's getting a little bit disrespected. I'd even put him over Kevin Durant now uh, just based off of KD has Harden and Kyrie to play with, uh, which some people might say makes it harder. But um, I, I think just the lack of that – was, that was a joke, by the way. That was a joke. Obviously, playing with Kyrie and Harden does not make it harder. But um, I think what Steph has has to play with, uh, you said 2016 Steph, but without Clay, which is like a brand new Steph because he doesn't have that like security blanket of like, listen, if I'm getting triple teamed, I can pass it to Clay and he'll he'll knock down a three for me. So yeah. um, now I think he's getting disrespected. I don't know why Rudy Gobert is in the conversation. Um, that's just. That's just me. Use those uh, little six votes on adding it to Tatum or Damian Lillard, for Christ's sake. Yeah, um, yeah, Damian Lillard, actually, is a guy who's not on this list, averaging over 29 points a game. Um, he's the heart and soul of that, that Blazers team, even though you know I like uh, like, like myself some Gary Trent Jr. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd say definitely Steph. Um, probably should crack the top four, if not top five. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with the bottom of that list either. I mean, uh, I mean, Luca, he's definitely turned it on a little bit, but he had nowhere near the start he had last year. Start of last year. I mean, he was, he's no, I mean, he's finally getting it going, but um, yeah, I don't even know if he should be that high right now. Um, I mean, he's, I think he's definitely going to move his way up, but. Um, I wouldn't have to overtake how the Mavs are playing, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and Tatum, he's missed a lot of games. I don't know how you don't have um, Jalen Brown in there. There it is. Yep. Jalen Brown, while Tatum missed, not sure how many games he missed, but he did miss a little good chunk. It was at least I'm thinking like at least five or six. Jalen Brown was um, he was definitely an MVP conversation for a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, and he only missed one game because another guy, he's on my fantasy team. Yeah, so. Jalen Brown's averaging the same amount of points as Jason Tatum with two less shots, by the way, per game, field goals, um, which I think is really interesting. I love myself some high percentage players. That's why I like Devin Booker so much. Um, But, yeah, I think Jalen Brown you got to throw in there too, Um, especially over freaking Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Yeah, he's getting a lot of rebounds. Good job. Yay, rebounds. (laughs) Um, Bell is leading the league in rebounds. Why isn't he in there? I'm I'm completely fine with uh, Donovan Mitchell being in there, but yeah, Rudy Gobert. I guess guess you have to factor in what what, I mean. The Jazz are playing great basketball, right? Yeah. So I guess in that regard, you do include Gobert because they do deserve two players to be in this conversation with how great they've been playing. True, but I mean, unfortunately, unless you're like Jokic or B, you're averaging a triple double, 25, 10, and 10, or you're MB and you're just dropping 30 every time you play, you're not going to be in the MVP race as a, as I mean, a big man. Throw, oh, throw yeah. Andre Drummond in there. At least he's averaging 18 points and, and uh, 14 rebounds. Rudy Gobert's only averaging 13 and 13. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to get if you want to get technical, if we're, if we're basing this off of stats then uh, give Andre Drummond some love. Maybe he can get seven votes. Yeah, seven seven straws, my bad. One ridiculous snub. I, 
that definitely just pops out is where's Bradley Beal? I mean, yep. he's he's pretty much had over 30 points almost in, every year. In football, he, there's three to show I believe, I, I, I mean, up, I'm not sure what – he did have – I mean, he had 24 last night. Yeah, um, he, he, had a, he had a stinker the other night too where he had like eight points or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what that does to his average, but um, going into this week, he was averaging 33 points, and he was the leading scorer in the league. So I I don't know how you don't have him on this list, just on scoring. In in football, there's free Deshaun Watson. There, it's free to it's free Bradley Beal in the NBA right now. Yeah, I was I I was big on that last night. I mean, especially on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, He needs he needs out of there. Yeah. not liking what I'm seeing out of the Wizards. They're a pain to watch. Yeah, it's just funny. Cause like just a week ago, he's he's all happy after the uh, – I think it was the Nets game. Okay, that wasn't a week ago, but still, it, he was all happy. I say, I want to be here. I want to be in Washington. And last night, he just looks like he's – every every time they get blown out, he just looks like he sees over it. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah like, I have a bigger problem when I said that last, last like, week. Like, uh, last time, I didn't mean that. I hope you didn't get that on the record. Uh, now, one of the more controversial, controversial topics right now is the NBA's plan to keep going with the All-Star game. LeBron was the first to call up, call him out and say, basically, was a slap in the face. Um, then you had... Um, Giannis come out, De'Aaron Fox come out. Want to say Bradley Beal and it's a couple other players as well who have Boyster, uh, maybe even Kawhi. No, that doesn't sound right now that I say it out loud. Um, you know, Kawhi doesn't have an opinion. Yeah, Kawhi doesn't speak. He just he's a he's a Terminator. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Should the NBA continue going with the All Star game? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm totally with the players on this one. I mean, you uh, you basically gave them what, like a, a two or three month off season. Um, I mean, LeBron over ever, anyone deserves to. I mean, he has the right to say he he doesn't like. It. I mean, he disapproves of it because no. he wins the finals literally in the summertime. Um, he only has a couple months of rest, and then they have the regular season. Right, like they have him going right back at it. Um, I mean, it's just not right. But and I know De'Aaron Fox spoke out about it too. And um, yeah, I mean, I know there's guys like on the fence right now, like somebody like Tobias Harris who's having a great season. Right, he might be a guy that would want to. Um, he's a guy that might want to. Um, Join the go to the All Star game because he's never done it before. Before you know, a KD, especially a guy like KD, who's coming up for injury rehab, uh, Steph, who's going, who's been carrying the load this year, LeBron, the Heat, whole the whole team, the whole Lakers, like somebody like LeBron was in the finals in October because it was Myers' birthday. You know, we did the game live, and then. November, they had to end November, they had to start back getting ready for the season. That's the shortest offseason in NBA history. So at least it, it makes be- no sense to me that the NBA doesn't allow their players to have a chance to opt out. Yeah, there at least needs to be able for them to opt out of the free in the uh, NFL, you can decline to play in the Pro Bowl. Uh, I know in the MLB there are certain restrictions. You can also, if you're a pitcher and you pitch the, the week before, you, you can't pitch in the all-star game. 
Um, so, you know, I, I think the NBA is a little behind the other two major sports leagues um, in terms of, of players and, and all-star games, pro bowls, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. They should, they should definitely allow that because um, I mean, they do that for the Olympics team USA. Um, they can opt into going to the, the training camp or they can decline. I mean, it's, it's no different. I mean, if players need a break over this like all-star, like they don't, they don't need to have, have a game. Like I was saying the other day, how it would be much more worth it seeing uh, players who are a hundred percent for the rest of the season where these games count um, overseeing one game where they're not going to play any defense. Uh, they're just going to be lobbing alley-oops to each other and, it's going to be, it's just going to be boring. It's not going to be worth it for these guys. Yeah, it's going to be the, it's going to be the old, it's going to be the old all-star games all over again. Right. Even less effort than we're used to seeing. So. Yeah. But yeah, but like I said, in the case of somebody like Tobias, um, who's never made, um, who's never made an all-star game and he's really making the push this year to make his first one. Uh, for somebody like him, I would love to see a game, but they should definitely um, allow the, the chance for like players who need that break to, to opt out. Yeah. Um, I'm very rarely criticized Adam Silver about anything, but Adam, come on, you know, you know what you got to do it. Right. Um, so one of the things that's more recently just came up with, wanted to just something really quickly. Not good. All right. One of the things that came up more recently was Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, um, deciding and actually I didn't even notice this but I guess it got a lot more popularity because it was a nationally televised game or whatever recently um and he said that it was his decision to not play the national anthem anymore even though technically the NBA rules say you like have to play you have to stand during it um following like the stuff what happened to Jacob Blake like the kneeling and the bubble he's become more lenient uh, Adam Silver has with the policies on it. Uh, Basically, Adam thought? Silver is just not enforcing the rule, um, but it is still technically a rule in the NBA yeah. rulebook. Yeah. Um, so, what are your thoughts on it? And should more teams follow suit? I'm starting to like Mark Cuban a little bit more. But anyway, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on it? Should more teams enforce the rule? Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, totally for it. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's really. Uh, I don't think it's really necessary to play. I mean, for every game. Uh, and I mean, the fact that no one even noticed for how many ever weeks they were doing it, uh, it's, that should just be the answer right there. Like you don't need, uh, like, especially with everything that's gone on in the recent months. I mean, we don't really need uh, players to, to say the national anthem for every single game. Um, I mean, they don't, um, they don't infer, enforce it for certain things like that. And, um, I, I don't know. I just, I think it's, yeah, I'm totally for, uh, the Mavericks not, cause I know they're not doing it at least for the rest of the season. Um, so yeah, I'm totally for that. I believe Adam Silver put out a statement saying teams have to play, um, the national anthem when there's fans, but I don't think he said anything about. Uh, when there's no fans in this in the uh, stadium in the arena. Well, what's so, the point of that then? Like that's kind of. I have no idea. 
I, I really, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think he might, what he might be trying to do is say like, listen, you still got to play it, which is satisfying everybody who wants to play it. Just play it when there's fans, which is satisfying everybody who doesn't want it to be played because they're not playing it currently right now because there's no fans. I think what he might be trying to do is later on say, listen, um, you know, it didn't affect anything when we weren't playing it, so we don't need to play it for fans. Um, and, and, you know, it's the owner's choice or it's the coach's choice or whatever uh, for their respective uh, teams and arenas. So that, I think that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from it. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I don't have any inside sources. I'm not best friends with Adam Silver. He's not telling me anything. You want to be besties with Adam Silver. All right. Uh, running out of time here. Hey, I'll give him some of my hair, too. I got enough. <laughs> All right. Running out of time here. Let's go one more topic. One of us, if he has any other questions, and then we'll go to uh, flip the table, get you out of here, Derek. Um, you randomly earlier, you were sipping out of your Eagles mug. Your quarterback, Carson Wentz, seems to be out. What are your thoughts on your Eagles right quick? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Eagles are – It's they're tough to talk about. It's like the complete opposite right now um, with the Sixers and the Eagles. I mean, you love talking about the Sixers right now, even though you don't have to. And I've waited for so long not to have to talk about the Sixers, just knowing they're handling their business every night. And uh, I mean, now I feel like, I feel like every time a Philadelphia team is doing bad, um, that's when we, we love to talk or like, we love to talk about them and all that, but I don't know. There's really not much to say on the Eagles right now, other than they're a complete mess. And I believe Carson Wentz will be traded within the next two weeks I mean, he's definitely not making it the next season. Um, I mean, the Eagles have been uh, – I think they're the ones holding it up right now. Um, I I really think they're asking for too much. And at this point, you just got to – I mean, there's just reports every day that just keep getting worse. Like, Wentz is totally checked out of, of Philly. And um, it's – I think it's – you just got to – you got to make the move, like, soon. And I mean, me personally, I can get around the idea of Jalen Hurts being the franchise QB, at least for the time being. Um, I've also pondered the fact uh, that they will probably, um, if there's a trade to the Bears, and we'll get Nick Foles back again, which I'm totally fine with. I mean, he's always been a reliable backup. And um, yeah, I mean, I think the next step for them after that is just, uh, the draft. I think you got to get a weapon, and I think you got to look at uh, one of the receivers for sure, either Jamar Chase or Vontae Smith. Yeah. Insider Derek Hearn saying Carson Wentz will be traded. Gosh darn it. He's got to get traded. Um, I'll be shocked if he isn't within the next two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. So I think it's coming sooner, man. I think you can look for the next, you know, six or seven days. He's going to be yeah. out of town. Well, I'm not, I'm not that close. I'm not that close to it, but I definitely, based on what I've seen and what I've heard, it's. I mean, it's definitely not. I mean, something's gonna happen soon. You can just tell. 
Okay, so if he's not traded by February 25th, I'm calling you out. <laughs> That's my birthday, too. So, uh, oh, so never mind. I'll just, it's so, so will that be a good birthday gift if Carson Wentz is no longer here, or would that be a, a bad one? I mean, it's devastating to me, but like, I, as an, I'm an Eagles fan before anything. So, uh, I mean, it's, I got to think about the better, like the, the well being of the team first. And, I mean, he's got to go. Like, it's just, it's gotten to that point. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm a big, I've always been a big Jalen Hurts fan. So, I'm totally around the, that idea. But, um, yeah, just thinking about what Wentz could have been. Uh, and he was only here for five years. And Sound really like Frank Reich. If anybody's going to fix him, it's Frank Reich. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's either going to be the Colts or the Bears, but there are other teams involved, I guess. So, uh, real, real quick, you did say you think LeBron's the front runner over Embiid and Jokic for MVP? Um, as far as um, – I mean, he hasn't missed a game yet, and I think that's that's where he has a leg up right now. Yeah. Um, but as, as far as um, just total, like, performances and – if we're going off that, then it's definitely Embiid. Because every like he may miss a few games here and there, but every, every time, time he's out he there, touches the floor, it's thirty. Yeah, every time he's out there, you got over thirty points. You got rebounds. You got assists. I mean, not assists, but you got defense. And I mean, he he's winning games too. So it's really tough. It's really close right now. I think it's between um, at the moment. I would go probably Embiid. Then LeBron, then Jokic. All right. And last thing to get you up out of here, um, like not like how Carson Wentz is going to get out of Philly. But um, we have a new segment. I don't think we had this when you were first on called Flip the Table, basically where we flip a figurative table um, and you have you ask a question for either me or Warner. It can be sports-related, show-related, anything related. It can be about how the Packers suck. Flip the table, Derek. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I, I think we did do this uh, last time I was with I was with you guys. Um, I think I, if I remember right, um, my question was, do you think Simmons or Embiid would be traded? And obviously oh, that really? is – That, <laughs> that does sound like – I do remember that now. I think I said Simmons. I don't remember – actually. Yeah, I don't remember what everyone's answers were, but I do remember that was my question at the time because – um, I mean, a lot has changed since then, but yeah. it's it's funny to really think about that. But um, do you still think um, there's a way one of them ends up leaving? Or do you think now what we've seen like under Doc and under the new front office a little bit, uh, do you still think um, one of them ends up leaving in the long term? Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially if like it's a situation – where you face like a Brooklyn in the conference finals and you just need like a guard that can go toe to toe Kyrie, like created their own shot. Cause I mean, at some points while like bigs are unfortunately like not as valuable, um, you, you need a guard or a superstar elite wing, which Tobias Harris isn't to create their own shot, knock down big time buckets. So there is a situation where I think Philly and Daryl Moore, who's not really patient, um can be like okay 
Embiid's not going to get traded, but Simmons, we need, if there's an upgrade available, Daryl Moore will most definitely be aggressive and go and got to get it. Like, even, it might not have been an upgrade, but he just felt it didn't work in Houston with Chris Paul. So what did he do? He got him up out of there. He went and traded for Russell Westbrook. So if there's a, if there's a uh, option on the table to upgrade at point guard at the guard spot, Ben Simmons will be gone if there's like if they face Brooklyn and it just doesn't work out. Right. You know that, that's a good <laughs> point. Um, I, I don't think he's. I don't think they're gonna try to switch it up though anytime soon. Um, now, it, I'm still concerned over the lack of um, you know at least skill level development. You can't um, say that. What do you mean I can't say that? You can't say that. As many times as we talk about. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray in football. Come on, you can't talk. Football contracts and uh, basketball contracts are so different, though, Sean. You know that. Go ahead. Go. We got two Um, minutes. But, yeah, I I would say I I think they're going to keep it together just because you have the coach now in Doc Rivers. I think he's shown you that. You know you have Joel Embiid. And I think Simmons is playing his role very, very well. Now, I think you'll have to add something in free agency, yes. But I don't necessarily think a trade is going to get you what you want or the value that you need without giving up too much like depth or, um, you know, key role players in turn to make a, make a push. So I think you're going to have to dress it in free agency. Now, whether an, uh, a star guard or somebody who's really good at creating the shot hits the market remains to be seen. Uh, but I think, I think they're going to keep it together. All right, Derek, I think you, you wanted to add something to one of our statements really quickly. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, right now the Sixers are ahead in the East. Do you, do you still see them? Uh, I know it's early still, but um, you think they're going to reach the finals with how well they've been playing? If they don't face Brooklyn, I'll pick them to win the finals. They, if they have to face Brooklyn in the conference finals, I might have to pick Brooklyn. Right. Yeah, I think, I think Brooklyn's going to be able to figure it out. Um, but I think they would probably – I'd take them over Milwaukee. I'd take them over um, – Boston's a questionable one for me, but yeah, Boston's questionable. And I think Miami's also questionable, but the way Joel Embiid's playing, despite Bam Adebayo being so good defensively, I think Embiid would win that matchup. Um, I, I, think, I, go. Think they're probably, I think they're like second or third in line for the finals. All right. Before Zoom abruptly kicks us out, thank you, Derek, as always, for joining us. A lot of fun talking basketball with you. Um,